Hello to all our amazing, better, braver, happier painters out there. This is a quick content warning before we get into the episode. Uh, this episode does have a conversation about injuries sustained while hobbying and a couple of injuries not while hobbying. So if that's something that you're squeamish about, you might want to wait till part two of the interview with Aaron Lovejoy comes out. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. Welcome to Listening to Paint Try with Mike and Dan, a podcast about the art and hobby of miniature painting. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. Thank you for joining us as we continue our quest to be better, braver, happier painters. Uh, today we are so excited to have a special guest who epitomizes the joy of painting. He's an incredible teacher and a talented artist and uh, somebody I should have had on the show a long time ago. Uh, we've been talking about it for a couple of years, but it is our absolute pleasure uh, to welcome Aaron Lovejoy of Miniature Monthly. Aaron, thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I think it was just fun talking about it for so long. <laughs> <laughs> the threat of Aaron hey, being on the show. It. We're going to do it tomorrow. Okay, no, we're not. <laughs> Well, originally we had talked about it in, in uh, was it 2021? I was it 20, 22, no, 21 ReaperCon. Right. And we were going to do it on Sunday. And then you woke up, you had no voice whatsoever on Sunday morning. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was uh, the first year out of COVID, right? So, yeah. or I mean, not really out of COVID. <laughs> we're never going to be out of COVID, but um, it was the first, it was the first convention back. And right. yeah, that was I didn't realize how brutal it would be trying to teach in a mask. <laughs> like that was not fun at all. Right. Cause I, I actually, I took your airbrushing class that Sunday morning and uh, you were just like, Oh, this sucks so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I have, I've, I've got the, I've got the shots. Is it okay if I just take this mask off? Please, God. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, that was, uh, that was definitely interesting doing the whole masking thing in the context of a convention. It was uh it was also escalated the heat in Texas yeah, substantially. For sure. For sure. And one thing I learned was like, you know, cause everyone was doing the cool kid masks, you know, the, they had logos on them and, you know, I got, I got one of Michael Proctor's, you know, the crow's mm -hmm. nest and, and a couple other people gave me masks, but the problem with those are none of them are stiff enough to actually not get sucked into your mouth while you're talking. Oh. So everyone had these cool masks on and they were literally eating them the entire convention. <laughs> so, you know, you get halfway through the day and your mask would be just drenched with spit. Ugh. It was so gross. It was, it was so gross. <laughs> <laughs> so, yikes. Uh, mask licking, uh, uh, mask munching and brush licking, right? Ha yeah, exactly. e evils of the not, hobby. A good, not a good combo. <laughs> <laughs> so Aaron, you're definitely uh, a, a very well-known painter on the scene. Uh, but would you mind giving our listeners, like maybe the two of them that don't know who you are, just a little bit of your hobby origin story? Um, well, I was born and then, <laughs> and then here we are. <laughs> Perfect. All right, let's move on. Growing up, my, my dad was, uh, he was really into making models and stuff. And, and I mean, not like we did it every weekend, but, you know, we made B-52 bombers and and Sherman battle tanks and, you know, King Tigers, all that, all that good stuff. Um, we also blew them up with firecrackers, so that was, which is even more interesting because the fire, fireworks are illegal in California, but um, we still did it. And um, that was really fun for me. And I, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed making models and I really sucked at painting. Um, he always made way better paint jobs than me. Um, 
And then as I got older, you know, you discover girls and skateboards and that all goes by the wayside. And um, it wasn't until I was almost 30 when I I discovered uh, Warhammer 40K in a a board game store um, in San Diego. And I didn't even know they made stores like that. I thought, you know, if you wanted to go get a board game, which are super lame, you went to Walmart or whatever. But right. apparently they actually have game stores. <laughs> <laughs> now I know there's some really cool game stores out there, but I, I I had no clue. And I walked in there and I'm looking around. I'm like, this is super lame. And I remember distinctly walking around a corner and there was a Warhammer Fantasy Army on a table, just sprawled out. Nobody was there. No, there's no one to talk to. It was just like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And it stopped me in my tracks, you know, like turn around. I start talking to the person at the front desk. I'm like, what the heck is that? You know, like, oh, it's this game. It's a game. And, but you get to paint it too. So it's kind of like a hobby. And I was like, that is super cool. So in true Lovejoy fashion, I forgot about all that stuff. And I went back to life. <laughs> um, and uh it wasn't until a few months later i don't know if you guys remember like wizards of the coast uh stores um mm-hmm. i don't know if they were on the east coast but they were definitely on the west coast and so uh we were we were going to a movie and there was a wizards of the coast store right in the little alleyway when you went up to the movie theater so um uh, i went in there because they had video games and i was a crackhead for video games you know and uh, and but you had to walk through the whole store they were smart you had to walk through the whole store to get back to the video game area and that's when I saw Warhammer 40K. So I'd seen Fantasy the first time. Second time I saw Warhammer 40K, and that friggin' did it for me. And, and quite honestly, to this day, I still uh, just have a huge love affair for Space Marines. They just, you know, it's mm-hmm. like like some people are into Knights of Armor, some people are into whatever. I'm in like Space Marines, just do it for me. So, um, so that was that was when I got started. Basically, right there, I went and bought a starter set, the third edition. Uh, those black Templars and and uh, Dark Eldar, and um, and then kind of and here we are today, twenty some odd years later. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's, and, and you've gone through such a huge evolution with it too, though. You've gone from the enthusiast to teacher to now you're an entrepreneur in the world of miniature painting on multiple levels, um, and so maybe. Uh, how did Miniature Monthly get started? I'm always curious about that because it's such a it's iconic in the hobby community. Uh, well, as I as I stated, and we we were able to lucky enough to do a book a couple years ago with Dave Taylor, and and kind of like he wanted me to do like a prelude or something to the book, and I'm like, you know, Miniature Monthly was born of desperation. Like, <laughs> pure and simple. Um, I was at the point. Uh, well, contrary to popular belief, artists don't get a lot of money. You know, it's it's very it's not the most lucrative of positions um, or or professions. And I mean, granted, some people really make it, but but usually on average, you barely make it. You know, and um, I found myself, uh, you know, maxed out credit cards. Uh, my son, we didn't have insurance because I couldn't afford it. And so it got to the point where he needed some, she had two ingrown hairs on his toes on both sides and it was just killing him. And so um, we finally got on like sort of a, a California's welfare or whatever, which was a, which was a joke. It literally took almost a year to get him in to see the doctor, to have his toes fixed. So all the while he's in massive pain, you know, this through this whole time. And um, so we finally, uh, we finally did that. And I was like, I, that was, that was when reality really hit it. Cause up until then it was like, we were, we were making it, but not making it type of thing. Yeah. And I was like, wow, we are one broken ankle or arm away from just total crash and burn. 
And I was like, well, you know, the, the run is over. Either I got to do something to actually start bringing enough, n- enough money to get things like healthcare, <laughs> um, or I need to just go find a job. Like, you know, it was fun while it lasted, you know, moving on. And so uh, Ben Comets had started his Patreon and he was the first one that really was doing it successfully, you know? And I was like, you know what? That's like, if this is the last chance, the last hurrah, like, let's just go for it. And, um, and that's kind of how Miniature Monthly was born. Um, it was, you know, based on two ingrown toenail or toenails. So, um, that was, he did, he did get, get a surgery and, and it was really gross. Um, <laughs> you know, when you, when, when you see blood pouring out of your son's toes, like someone turned the faucet on, <laughs> it's like, Ooh, <laughs> but it worked out, you know, and, you know, we started, I started manager monthly, um, and it, it, it worked out. So, um, but one thing that that's taught me over the years is you just have to be as an artist, you have to be diversified. You can't be like, I'm just going to be the guy who paints orcs and that's it. Um, you really do. It is a job. Like if you're going to make it your profession, it is a job and you have to treat it that way, which is not very fun sometimes, you know, <laughs> sometimes I hate my job, but, um, but most of the time I love it. So, you know, it, it works out, but um, yeah, so that's kind of how that started, but that's also how everything else has started. You know, we're working on, I, I, uh, so, you know, during COVID you couldn't go anywhere. So I just was like, well, I'm going to learn how to sculpt digitally. And, um, I did my Hogwarts diorama. And then after that, it was like, well, I can make bases. So, um, anyways, we're, we're launching a line of bases next month. Um, and that's just one of the many things that you just kind of got to try different avenues. They don't all work out, you know, don't feel bad. (laughs) If nobody likes my bases, I move on to something else. You know, it's just, it is what it is. Um, well, obviously your sculpting has made an impact because you won best in show with that piece, right? Yeah, that was was gorgeous. That that was was really cool. Um, you know, for something that it took me like two years to finish that piece. So it was definitely one of those things. Um, that I was very happy and fortunate that it, that it did make best in show. Um, that was super cool. Um, but at the same time, it was like, it was something I really wanted to learn how to digitally sculpt. And that project was way more detailed than I ever would have like, than I could have ever imagined. Like it, it allowed me to do things that were in my head that I could have never done in real life. So <laughs> I'm really grateful for that opportunity. And even if it had not placed at all, like it was still, I learned how to sculpt in 3d, you know, or in digitally. And, and I also learned how to 3d print, you know, and, you know, as much as that drives me crazy too, it, it's a good, it's a good thing to know, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. And that's the other thing about this hobby is just everything always evolves and there's always something new. So just when I think, Oh, I've, I've done it all. Um, you haven't, you haven't done anything. <laughs> so bases the, that that's exciting. Is this a Kickstarter that y'all are running or is it just going to be available through the web store? We're not really doing a Kickstarter because, uh, I mean, maybe eventually someday, but Kickstarters are their own demon in themselves. Yes. Um, and we have so many things going. I just, I, I know I wouldn't be able to handle the onslaught of questions and weird stuff that goes on there. So we're doing a pre-order at the start of next month. Um, we only have, we have one baseline, but the difference is, is that it's in, it's in all the major base styles. So beveled bases, rounded bases, and then I guess infinity bases are also beveled, but they're a little bit different. They're different. They're a little shorter, all that stuff. Um, but I have, I have some good ideas for, uh, for those things. And, um, and, uh, so, 
we're just going to do a pre-order and see what happens. Um, I, I think that will be, we can manage that better now than, than doing a Kickstarter or something. So not saying it won't happen, but maybe, maybe one day, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like Kickstarters, you almost have to hire a company to run the Kickstarter for you because of how yeah. chaotic it is. Yes, exactly. And, and yeah, it's just, we have, we kind of have, like I said, we're so, we're so diversified with different things. You know, I have, I have, you know, I have like four full-time jobs right now. Like I, I don't know where I get the time in the day to do them all, but um, yeah, I just don't know if I could handle one more thing that actually saps all of your resources, you know? Um, so I'm not too worried about it. You know, maybe one day we can, we can do that, but, um, but not today. <laughs> no, we'll definitely make sure we put in the show notes, how to get to those bases. And you said they're going to launch in like a month or so, right? Yeah. Uh, should be like May 1st. will be the, I, we're going to do a pre-order, which I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know how we do that, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> I know someone that can help you out with that. We'll talk later. Yeah, there we go. It's it's one of those things where like you just like you can't be good at everything, so so it really does help when when I have help. It's just yeah, Dan, it's good at that logistical management stuff. I, I gotcha. mean, not not so much. Yeah. Um. It's 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 one of those things. Like, I mean, just like we we launched our so we have bus on miniaturemonthly.com. We have a couple of Benjamin Cantor's bus that he's done over the years, and like just doing the shipping on it, we're like, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Is it. What it is. And totally then we kind of did a hokey version of the shipping because they, they don't give you all the options you need. You know, like if, if someone ordered all three busts, obviously it's not going to be, you know, $6 a bus to ship. It's going to cut down because you, you put them all together. The website doesn't really let you do that. So, you know, it's like, okay, how do we get around that? So it is what it is, but sometimes you just got to go for it. <laughs> Dan, you are awfully quiet, man. Oh, you guys are doing all this stuff, man. That's the, I'm see, I know people don't think I'm in with all the interviews, but I'm with, I'm in all the interviews. I just don't have anything to say because I'm just listening to like all the rest of the people. Dan and I are telepathically communicating right now. We're, just, we're having a conversation about something else, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, uh, my first time running into you physically was at Adepticon. Uh, I would really like to get your thoughts on that. You've probably been there uh, a, a few times um, as a instructor and uh, probably just as a participant and a, and a, a viewer, I guess. Um, what are your thoughts? What were your experiences uh, at Adepticon this year? So I would say that this year, um, and Liz and I talked about this on the plane flight home, this was my favorite year ever of Adepticon. And I'm not sure why. Like, I, like I always, we always have a good time, you know, like it's, it's Adepticon. It's one of my favorite con. Like if I had two to pick from each year, it'd be Adepticon and ReaperCon all day long um, for different reasons, you know, uh, but, but this year at Adepticon just, and I think some of it's your own mental state, you know, the con is what you make it. Like, right. you know, I have friends who are like, it was horrible. I can't believe it. it's like, well, what'd you do? I didn't do anything. <laughs> you know? like, okay. Well, you know, did you talk to anybody? No, I avoided everyone. And then, you know, nobody talked to me, you know, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, but you're avoiding it. Like it, it is what it is, but granted, if you were robbed or something, yeah, you had a horrible con, you know, but, but, um, 
but I just found, I think the other thing this year is um, Liz and I realized like, well, I'm already old, but she's an old soul. So um, <laughs> we slept like we went to bed, like, like early, like old people. Like, <laughs> and you know, what was funny nice. is we got up, we did our, like, we always have classes in the morning. I schedule my con this way. I want my classes bright and early in the morning. It sucks because you got to wake up and you're at a con, you're on your vacation or whatever. You got to wake up early. But once those one or two or three classes is over with, I got the rest of the day. I, I don't have any responsibilities. I feel good. I can move on. Um, but what we realized the first night we made, we're like, we were going to go back to over to Adepticon. We ate dinner with some friends and we were going to go back to uh, the Schomburg and just hang out. And usually that means you get home at what? Three, three in the morning or something right. to go back to your room. Um, instead, it was like nine o'clock. We're like, you know, we're kind of tired. We're just going to go back to the room and go to bed. So we did. And what, what we found was you got up in the morning, you're still tired, but you're more refreshed than if you went to bed at three. And um, we went and did our classes. And then I was like wide awake. Like, and we, we actually experienced the con much better. We had a lot more interactions with people because you're not just tired and grumpy, you know, because mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you just find a couch somewhere upstairs and, and, and nap, you know, for half the con. Um, and we did that every night except the last night when we were on Saturday was our last day of uh, teaching. And so we kind of celebrated with some friends and um, yeah, I couldn't feel my face. Like it was, it was gnar it was pretty gnarly. It was, it was, it was a good time. And we ended up staying up really late. So we were drunk <laughs> and stayed up really late. And the next day I felt like crap. Like I just, like, I was like, this is how I normally feel at a con. And I'm like, Oh, that's it. I slept the other days. I didn't drink and I was fresh and I had a really good time. So I don't know, maybe I'm just getting lame over my old age or something, but, but that actually worked out really well. And I think I'm going to do the same thing every year. Like maybe one night's the drinking night, but that's it, you know? And, um, and the rest of the time, just enjoy the con and enjoy your friends and stuff. And you don't have to stay up all night. Um, <laughs> Dan, I just realized something too. Ran into Aaron and Liz leaving the restaurant right next to the hotel we were at. Did you have fries at that place? the west or the tavern or whatever the one that was just right across the street from the spring hill suites it was connected to that pancake house place he must not have because he's not I, talking about that oh he's i not, thought you were asking dan no oh, you no, you I, thought, I don't think i <laughs> i'm sorry it's all right no worries no worries because we were actually were in the you, same this is when you find out you're like why did we invite this guy on <laughs> Explain French fries. Right. <laughs> um, I don't remember if I had French fries. I know I, maybe the first day we had fish and chips, so we must have had French fries the first day. But I didn't have, like, the day we saw you coming from there. No, I think we had other stuff. Um, Why did you get sick off them? No, they were just some of the no. best fries I've ever oh, eaten. Oh, they were really good? Okay. Yeah, they were really, they were fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that we haven't put the other so... episode out, so uh, so yeah, you don't hear us uh, talking about these fridge fries for raving right. about fries. <laughs> we we have so we usually go there once. We go there the night before with our friend Mark Maxi and and usually his wife, and then like uh, Ben Comets. There's there's like maybe six or eight of us that go there religiously every year. This year, <laughs> Liz and I and Mark were the only ones who made it. Like Ben was on a plane, my buddy John was on a plane, uh, Mark's wife couldn't make. You know, it was just. Matt, Matt Sashwish didn't come at all. So it was just us. But um, so usually we go there once per Adepticon. We went there, I think, three times this year. 
or maybe four. I can't remember. It was just, it's a, it's a good restaurant, you know, and it's within walking distance from that hotel. So, um, right. Do you yeah, guys it's really usually convenient. stay at that hotel? Is that, is that or, 100% of the time we stay there? Yeah, yeah this is so our only year. Yeah. So do we. Yeah, that's cool. All the, all the cool kids stay at that hotel, man. Exactly. I love that place. And, they, and they serve food in the morning. So that's like really. Yes, nice that's a, like, that's a bonus that, you know, you might pay a couple extra bucks if that and you have to walk or, or drive to the hotel. But, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. But you're getting freaking food in the morning. That's a, yeah. that's 10, 20 bucks right there. Yeah. The Uber is five bucks, six bucks, mm -hmm. 12 if you're unlucky, you know, but it's like five or six <laughs> bucks both ways. I'll do that all day long, you know? Yep. And uh, we actually, we walked it most of the time. We just yeah, walked, yeah, we just helped it over. To walk, so uh, yeah. I'm lazy, so I don't do stuff like that, but you know, um, I, I get it. Yeah. Also, usually I'm carrying all my class supplies. For these right. Classes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a different context. That's a different context. Yeah. I, I totally. Um, so, uh, did you enter any of the painting competitions this year at all? Or, um, do you just go there to teach and hang out? So I really want to, and I really wanted to last year and both years, the answer is the same. No, because I literally, this year I literally worked. We, so when we have morning flights, a lot of times we have to leave the house at like 3 AM. Uh, we mm. prefer flying in the morning cause you get where you're going and then you can yeah. get there at late at night. Right. I'm right there with um, you. Yeah. So I, I really dig that. And so, um, but what, in, what ended up happening, I worked till we left. So about 3 AM I stopped painting got my stuff and we walked out the door. Oh, wow. So, yeah. It was, and that was just work, you know, lots of box arts and stuff. Um, it, it's, it's, it's been incredibly busy and I'm not complaining, but, but I'm a little bit complaining because it doesn't allow time for stuff like, Hey, let's do a contest entry. Um, which is odd because one of my contest entries that I want to do for games day is a paid job, but it's also one where I, some of it, I don't know how to do yet. So I'm, I'm learning in blender um, the 3d sculpting part. Right. And so it just, because things get so chopped up with normal work, um, I, it just hasn't happened yet. So, you know, I'm hoping to do this really big extravagant piece for golden demons. Um, I just haven't been able to finish it <laughs> or I haven't been able to learn how to finish it. So, um, I've got it pretty far along in the sculpting process. I just need to sculpt the figures and that's, that's the, the part I'm learning right now. So, um, so yeah, I just, I had like this year, I was hoping to have something for something, you know, just anything. Mm -hmm. And, and from January 1st, it's just been a, it's just been a, I've been swamped. So, you know, that's not a bad thing because I have friends that aren't, you know, are desperate for work, but, right. um, but at the same time, it does kill you a little bit inside. It just, <laughs> it just burns your soul when, when you like, I love being part of that. I kind of like. I kind of get off on the, you know, the adrenaline rush. Like, are they going to call my name? And then they don't. You're crushed, you know. It's like, <laughs> or they do, and you're happy, you know. It, it's like, uh, like it's both emotions. But there's something about that. It just reminds you you're alive. I think, you know, like it's it, like it's being part of that madness. And um, and so I haven't been able to experience that the last couple of years, um, uh, especially after ReaperCon. But obviously, I can't inner Voldemort in game, you know, Golden right. Game, you know. <laughs> that's, that's the other thing since they, since all the contests at Adepticon are manufacturer contests, you know, you have to do a privateer piece or you have to do a, you know, a GW piece or a creature caster or whatever. Um, 
and I know that people have been talking about bringing back a crystal brush type contest where it's just whatever. And that would be awesome. Um, we've actually we've actually talked a little bit within Miniature Monthly that uh, we might be part of something like that. So um, that would be super cool, but it hasn't happened. So right. <laughs> yeah, obviously these things all take money and stuff. A lot of which you know we're all artists don't have. (laughs) So, you know, trying to figure out a good way to do something like that. But I mean, that would be really cool. I might have a better chance of actually entering a contest at that point. um, Just because I can paint whatever's on my desk, I could bring, you know, right. Obviously I can't like, I I never asked Atomic Mass Studios if I could enter their worthy contest, but it is kind of weird if your box artist is entering your painting contest. Like it, like, like even if you deserve the win, there's always going to be someone's like, yeah, but that, that guy works for you. You know, (laughs) it's like running your own painting contest and then winning it. Right. Like it just, it doesn't work that way well you know (laughs) so so (laughs) anyways you know it's it's um yeah so like i'm pretty much all the contests are just like if i if i can't come up with a piece um that's just just one of those companies which right now i don't have i don't have uh too many commissions that are actually of well i have the one games workshop commission but again i'm still learning how to actually finish it right um so it, it is what it is, you know, I don't worry about it too much, but it would be super cool, you know, for sure. Yeah, next, I next totally year. see the fun of it. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I did my, this is my first Golden Demon and uh, yeah, seeing your, your piece on the bottom shelf and not moving, it's kind of a, that's, that was a kick. That was yeah, a kick in the balls. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah and it's, it's funny because, you know, I, Oops, I, sorry. I see, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I don't think that's the sound it's supposed to make when you're getting kicked in the balls. No, I don't think so. Totally inappropriate sound effect. Well, I mean, maybe for some people, but. (laughs) But yeah, it's, 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 it, it's one of those things. And I've, I've noticed a lot, like this year I had a a bunch of friends that were pretty crushed over golden demons, but you know, I had that happen to me one year and I lost about six months of my life to just being butthurt. And that was, like really awful. And, and I was really mad at myself after about six months. I'm like, Oh my gosh, really? I've had a, a ruin, like that contest ruined my half of a year. Like, and then I was over it. Like, I was just like, this is so stupid. So, um, but, but I do like, I do like, uh, the competitiveness of it. Um, you just have to be, have your mind in the right place. And so like, for me, I'm very much like, okay, I'm going to, uh, kick and claw and scream and scratch and and try my hardest to beat everyone that I that's coming up against me, but as soon as I turn the model in, then it's no longer a contest and uh, you know you're on God's good humor at that point because who knows what's going to happen, you know. Right. At the end of the day, you can look at it and be like, I have a cool model that I got to take home with me, you know. Um, and and if you look at it that way, then if you win, it's actually a surprise. You're like. Holy crap! You know, that was right. really cool. And if you lose, you're like, well, you know, I wasn't. You know, it is what it is. You know, um, and that's the thing with contests is it's so subjective. Uh, it just is what it is. You know, yeah. the the judge doesn't like green orcs that day, and you painted green orcs in every one of your entries. You know, right. like, <laughs> like you know, they're they're like those look cool, but I just don't like green orcs. So we're gonna pick these guys and these guys, and you know, sorry, you're out. Um, but you know, 
It or is- we're releasing Dark Angel soon, and we have the Dark Angel win the Slayer Sword. No, and I'm just, I, yeah. I'm just. <laughs> Yeah, luckily it was a really good paint job. It was a really good paint job. It was. Neil Hollis did an amazing job. I just wanted to be funny. didn't factor in, though. So here's the thing. In painting contests, I think at the top, uh, there's a lot of luck that's involved. Just period. So did he know that, you know, they're releasing some Dark Angel stuff? Probably not. Right. He just painted that model. He just, like, and he painted the crap out of that model. Like, that model is gorgeous. It is. So, boom. Um, when I did uh, when I did Voldemort, you know, uh, right before the contest, I posted on our little secret group, like, "Hey, this is what I'm bringing," or whatever. And so then uh, Eric Swenson's like, "Oh, here's War. That's what I'm bringing." I'm like, "Crap!" You know, like, <laughs> like I was kind of hoping everyone over COVID either wouldn't show up or you know wasn't ready. You know, like I was I was banking on the fact that people wouldn't be prepared for me bringing Voldemort. And then I get a message from Steve Garcia and he's like, Hey, do you think I still have a chance to win best in show if I show up late on Saturday? And I'm like, probably not because there is. So ReaperCon is, is both fan vote and judge voting. So right. like you get a little bit of both, which is kind of nice because you know, people like what they like and it's not always what the judges like, you know? So, um, you know, in that one, I knew I was playing the game. I was like, you know, who's not going to like Harry Potter. Right. You know? And so it was like, uh, and it was a full sculpt and I made sure everyone knew it was a full sculpt. So I just, I, 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 I checked all the boxes, you know, and then I painted it as best I could, you know? And it's like, well, after you, nailed that, it. you know, you're just lucky, you know, people either like it or they don't, you know? And so, so, you know, that being said, you know, that dark angels winning the Slayer sword, you know, was probably the perfect storm. Because, you know, they they just released a gorgeous, what was it, the Lionel model or whatever. And then that guy paints a gorgeous Dark Angels commander. You know, like, it just is what it is, you know? Absolutely. Um, so. Yeah. And and Stephen Garcia's Lionel, or Lion-O, sorry, not Lionel, yeah. Lionel, John, Lion-O, still took third place in Best in Show. Yeah, yeah. Right, even yeah, which is yeah. coming Saturday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he showed up on Friday. He was like, I'm not, oh, did he? I'm not leaving it that much to chance. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that sometimes the con- contests are, you know, you gotta, you gotta game the system a little bit and you also have to be lucky and you also have to be lucky. And then also just don't leave anything to chance. Like when I knew that those guys were coming, I, I retextured that whole piece. I spent like two days just reskinning it with like adding more textures to the, to the rock and, or to the, um, the staircase and all that stuff. And just working on, you know, making sure my glow effects were as good as they could be all that stuff. Like I went back and spent a lot more time on that one particular model because I was just like, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't leave it to chance, you know? Um, so, and then I got lucky. I won. (laughs) I don't, yeah, you know, it's some, uh, yeah, I guess, but that it's a beautiful piece that you did. I mean, absolutely gorgeous, you know, it's a well, well deserving of it. Even, you know, that's one of the things that we talked about, you know, f- fan favorite best in show is a little tricky, you know, yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not like you said, the judges don't necessarily see it and it's, it's not, and this isn't even a cut to like other others. Um, it doesn't have to be the best painted. It has to be the best that relates to the audience. It's got to talk to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's, exactly. and I guess you could also make an argument that if it talks to the people, it is the best painted, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if it, that, that's, and so that it's kind of, 
it's fun. It's it's another fun thing about ReaperCon that you get to see, and the people take it seriously too, man. Yeah, big time. Big time. <laughs> they, um, <laughs> and, but they're fans of they're fans of miniature art. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's the coolest thing ever. You know, I, I think that's where like a lot of times artists get a little bit uh, sidetracked um, because they start getting on too much on the technical aspect of things, and they forget about the human aspect of things. And and that's a that's a huge thing. You know, when you when you're uh, when you're trying to get the masses to like something, you know, like a lot of times, like uh, a perfect example, when I was doing, I did a, I had a screen print company right out of high school and my, I started doing the work for this company called stick world. And they basically just made stick figures and they'd say like sassy over them um, or brat. And it, it, but the way my buddy Billy drew these stick figures, it looked like uh, a female being bratty, you know, like, like, how do you do that with a stick figure? Like, (laughs) <laughs> but he would it was amazing i didn't like the shirts at all when he brought them in to my shop and was like hey we need somebody to print 500 shirts i was like yeah this would be the last 500 shirts you do because these shirts are stupid you know um then the order grew to ten thousand. before we even got the order it was up to ten thousand shirts and then we did twenty thousand shirts a month for like the next two years like it was just it was insane amount of stick figure shirts um just goes to show you that like what you like in particular doesn't really matter. It's what the mass is like, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that's where a lot of artists have problems because they're like, that's technically not as good as this, but everyone likes that, you know, like it, it is what it is, you know? So I guess that's, that's why we have Walmarts and stuff. Like <laughs> <laughs> truth. It's very true. <laughs> if it wasn't for Walmart, I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to eat at that first Reaper con, you know, that I went to a couple of years ago, exactly. <laughs> you know, raid the, buy stacks of ramen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's right. We were talking about being broke at cons. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah, but I got when I got there, uh, I got there on the Wednesday, and I'm the same way as you. Um, I take like a six a.m. flight, and I'm I'm at the hotel by eight a.m. in, De- yeah. in Dallas. I'm like, all right, ready to go. Even the Reaper people are like, what the hell are you doing here? I'm like, I don't know. I got nothing else to do, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that first the first couple of days, I didn't get paid until that Friday. And so you're just squeaking, she's just squeaking, and yeah, and then it was funny because um, Eric and a couple of his friends were there too, but they were there at the hotel. Literally, we were not at the resident, or, or I can't remember what the name of the hotel is, but um, I was at one hotel, they were at the other, and they were almost connected um, on the other side of the street. And it was funny because I, I was out walking about and then I ran into them outside. I'm like, how the hell do you know, like the odds of me yeah, running into. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, we're going to go to lunch over this place. And I'm like, OK. And I kind of I'm like, I already ate. I'm just going to go hang with you. <laughs> really? I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, oh, it's yeah. it, it, it's it's uh, what you do to go for the hobby. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of which here, like, I'm going to do this now. Let's see if this works. This. All right. So I want to do, because one of the things that you and I were talking about at, uh, at the hotel at Adepticon was, uh, kind of some hobby horror stories. And, um, the, like I've told like, you know, non-hobby, like 10 non-hobby people, your story. (laughs) 
about the uh, hurting yourself in the uh, the game store. So w- would you share that story with people? <laughs> so so over the years, I've gotten pretty good at, you know, using exacto knives and stuff like I, like I'm pretty careful. But also I've noticed it seems like exacto knives aren't as sharp as they used to be. I think they do maybe do that on purpose, like so people aren't cutting their fingers off. But I went to the hobby store. I needed an exacto knife. And so I went down to our local hobby store, which was like a couple miles or a mile away from the main game store in San Diego. And they had hobby knives. So I'm like, cool. So I pick one up. It was a cheapo $2 hobby knife, you know, bring it back. And I very quickly realized this is like the sharpest knife I have ever encountered ever. It's sharper than my scalpels, everything. Cause I was doing little bitty cuts and it was cutting right into my fingers and like, you know, so I'm like, okay, I gotta be really careful with this knife. Well, I was painting uh, one of the Flying Frog uh, productions, one of the Shadows of Brimstone box arts, which was the female drifter. And I had put her together where her arms were both in front of her body, but apparently her one arm with her gun is supposed to be behind her. Like she was, you know, she's shifty. You know, you don't know that she's got her gun out type of thing because she's a drifter. So um, they had told me, could you, could you change that? Because obviously it's, it's wrong for the box art. So I had this really sharp knife and I think, Hey, I'm going to, I'm just going to cut the arm off, you know? Well, you know, when, uh, sometimes super glue is very, like it just pops right off. Other times it is like concrete. Okay. So this was one of those concrete times. So I'm trying to cut through the arm. It was a clean, just a straight, there was no tab that went into the arm, nothing. It was just a clean straight cut, um, or a straight connection between the two parts. But for whatever reason, I couldn't get it to cut. So I'm pushing harder and harder and harder. And then it gives way. And I saw the knife. I saw it go into my thumb. Um, Like, it's almost like it goes in slow motion at that point. You know, I saw it go into my thumb and pop right back out. It happened really quick. And I'm like, you know, ah, you know, (laughs) my buddy Alan's sitting across the table from me. I just grab onto my thumb and I hold it together. So I'm like, okay, I know that was bad. And, um, you know, speaking of not having insurance, I didn't have insurance at the time. So I'm like, I know that's bad. And I really don't want to have to have stitches right now. Like I I was leaving for Gen Con in like three days. Um, So I just held my thumb together. um, And but it hurt like crazy. And I, I kept thinking, I'm like, you know, how deep is this? So finally, one of the guys from the store comes over and he goes, well, here, let me look at it. So I, you know, I get up, I got the nerve to take my hand off my thumb. I didn't want to look at it because if, if you're bleeding to death, I'm totally fine with that. I could party. I could do whatever I want. If, if I have a little bit of blood on me, I'm passed out. So I show this guy my thumb. He goes, it looks like it's a, it's a good cut, but it looks like your thumbnail stopped it. So, so you're good. So he got some gauze from the store and wrapped it up. Well, all the while, while he's wrapping it up, like I, like the adrenaline is just going through my system. And all of a sudden I start seeing cobwebs. You know, like, <laughs> like the world started to encroach on my, on my head and, and I'm like, I want to pass out. So I, I, it was kind of like slow motion. I kind of slump out of my chair and I lay down on the floor of the game store. Now, for those of you out there listening, who've never been in a game store before, <laughs> they're dirty. This game store was incredibly dirty over where I was. And I'm like laying in just filth on the floor and I don't even care. Like I like, you know, it was just cold sweats coming out. Like, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to pass out. So I end up laying there for like half hour to 45 minutes, just laying on the floor of the store and everyone who would come in, I'd hear them talking. Cause I didn't even have the energy to open my eyes. Like I, I thought I was dead, you know? And so 
my friend's like, if you pass out, we're taking you to emergency. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's going to cost so much money. You know, like all these things are going through my head. So I would hear people walk in and they'd, they'd be talking. They're like, why is Aaron on the floor? <laughs> oh, he cut his finger. So a couple more people end up looking at my finger. They're like, okay, yeah, you know, you're a big baby. Like one of the other guys who worked at the store comes in. He looks at my finger. He's like, I don't understand why you're on the floor, but whatever. You know, it's not that bad of a cut. So I'm like, whatever it is, it just hurts. It stinking hurts so bad. So um, I had, it was back when Liz and I were doing our long distance relationship. So I'm in San Diego, she's in Georgia. And so I messaged her. I'm like, Hey, I, you know, I cut myself pretty bad. She's like, well, par for the course, you know, send me a picture when you get home. So I get home and I take the, the gauze off real carefully. I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, it's about, it's about an eighth of an inch deep, you know, whatever the, the measuring from my, the tip of my, the skin on my thumb to the thumbnail, it's that deep of a cut. I'm like, I don't get it. So I take a picture and I send her the picture. And then I'm like, well, I want to look at the picture, you know, cause <laughs> morbid curiosity. I blow the picture up and I'm like, why is there a line across half my thumbnail? And then it hit me. That's where the knife stopped. Oh, halfway through the, and it wasn't like the tip of my thumbnail. It was the middle of my thumbnail. Like I got, in fact, I'm pretty sure I cut halfway through the bone like it. And that's why it hurts so bad. <laughs> oh, ouch. It all made sense. Then I felt like a super tough guy. You know, I was like, Oh, I almost cut my finger off, but I didn't care. You know, um, that knife was so sharp and so clean that yeah, like, I never got stitches. It never like, it, it never like, you know how, like if you cut yourself really deep, the skin usually like spreads apart and that's right. why you need stitches. It didn't do any of that. It just stuck back together perfectly. <laughs> like I hadn't done it. And then other than it being numb for like a couple years, it's finally, I have feeling in my thumb again, but it was numb for a couple years and then it was fine. But I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. So I, I thought I was, a you know, I was pretty cool with that story. And then Will Hahn goes and cuts his finger off. Right yeah. with the what, what was Making that the a router? Plinth, yeah, with the with the router. That's, yeah, with his router. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he he sent me the pictures of that, and that turned my stomach. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yep. Yep. So he's he wins, and I'm yeah. I, you know what I'm fine with that. Right, <laughs> you, me too. You can, win, you can win that contest all day long. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I heard he sent the pictures to Banshee, and Banshee like cussed him out for sending it to him. <laughs> He goes, I figured, well, he told me, he goes, I figured you could handle it. And it'd also be like good reference material. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's just something wrong with him. He's talking about getting out of surgery and stuff. So I, I'm, you know, sort of an idiot. I said, I'm like, well, did you get a vasectomy? You know, like that much pain. He's like, hold on. And then he sends me a picture and I'm like, oh God, he sent me a picture of it. You know, it's it's a hand on the table with a finger sitting next to it. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was uh, that would be a definitely reason for surgery. But hey, apparently he cut it off at the right spot, and they they just stuck it back together. And 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 look at him now, man. He's an even better painter. So right. <laughs> oh God, that, go that to everybody. Go cut your fingers gross. off. You know, be a better painter. Yeah. He told me. He told me when it happened. He looked down at himself, and he was wearing like a not a dress shirt, but a, a button up shirt. And he goes, there was, there was just uh, shards of bone all the way up his shirt, like onto his face. Cause it, it doesn't, a router doesn't cut your finger off. It grinds it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Like it's not a thin cut. No, just, no, it's just <laughs> his fingers like an eighth of an inch shorter now because that part <laughs> is on his shirt. <laughs> which, which is even more incredible that they, they put it back on. Like, right. like, like he's got all his fingers. You know, it's not yeah. just the tip of his, his finger. But... <laughs> Holy moly! I Who mean... was it? Swin Swinson got on him. He's like, Will, you do know that's why. They... You can just call somebody to make a plan for you. You don't have to make your own. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I don't. Play. Yeah, so I guess I'm taking it. Then you're part of the. Is it the LXP? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The extraordinary painters. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you know, definitely deserved for sure, man. A lot of amazing painters in that group. Yeah, it's a. It's it's pretty wild. It was a lot. It was a lot more active there for a while. But I think everyone switched to Snapchat, and I'm like, well, I'm not following you guys to Snapchat. It's just, I don't have it in me, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yep. I, I, we're right there with you. We're limited in our social media applications too. We're like old. We are old. This yeah. is enough for us. You know, I had, I had it earlier today. I had one person messaging me on messenger, another person texting me, another person was on Instagram. And I think there was another conversation going on on discord and I was so freaking confused. <laughs> Kept telling us like, where did Oh, okay. Jordan just messaged me. I can't find it. You know, like, what are you talking on? I'm talking on all of them. Like, <laughs> right. It is, it is what it is. But. <laughs> right. It's so like we need like a, a, a teenager to handle the social media side yeah, of the yeah. business. For them, they're like, we don't have enough. Like I need three right. more apps that, you know, devote all my time. But Right. <laughs> it is what it is. My teen, my teenagers are yelling in the background that they would do it. You know? yeah. yeah, they're like, right, we're in. <laughs> right, they're only they're they're monetarily and uh, motivated for sure. Um, <laughs> man, I don't even know where to go after that story. <laughs> you know, like your story's bad enough, and we throw in Will's story. Yeah, what do I? <laughs> Uh, that seems like the interview can only go downhill from here, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I will tell you bone sawing yourself is not a feeling you want to ever, like it is, it's just creepy. Let's put it that way. Like I can't even imagine. Like I bone sawed my leg or my finger or something one time. And it was just like the, the weird ripping feeling as it's, you know, sawing into you because it's, it's just a nasty tooth saw, you know? Um, that I would rather get cut with a uh, like an exacto knife. Let's put it that way. <laughs> when uh, when I was in uh, I, I used to work in restaurants uh, growing up, and um, I don't know if you've ever seen those industrial blades on like the aluminum foil and saran wraps that oh, they have yeah. in restaurants. Um, somebody called my name while I was in the kitchen, and I wasn't paying attention, and I turned and I ran my elbow across, basically, which is a saw blade. Uh, yeah. And I was like, and I felt that it like this rumble feeling, but I was numb. And the person walked up to me and they're like, dude, why is there blood all over the floor? <laughs> I'm like, I looked, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and then, then like all of it hit me. And I, there I was on the floor of a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you made your own, um, sliced roast beef sandwich, you know? Exactly. Oh. <laughs> oh man, too many. I have too many horror stories from restaurants because I worked at yeah, them way too long. Sure. I, I also worked at an IHOP during Mother's Day, so you know, <laughs> the worst ever. Yeah, you the know. worst time to, to be working there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so <laughs> where to go from there? Um, all right, so 
kind of where a section that, that we've been starting to do uh, lately too is what's on the desk. So uh, we already know you got some bases in in your future, but Aaron, what's kind of on your desk right now? What are your main projects? If you're allowed to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, fortunately for you guys, um, <laughs> I'm not doing box art today. So um, this month, actually, I've been uh, trying to finish up a commission that I've been working on for the last couple of months of Sisters of Battle. Um, I haven't, uh, it's kind of, well, it's not funny, but I, so I haven't painted an army since I left San Diego. And so you get out of practice, you know, um, it is a lot harder than I remember, but, <laughs> but this month we've just been really cranking on it and it's starting to come together. So, uh, we have a big sisters of battle army. Um, and then, uh, so the funny thing is, um, all my, all my, like Marvel Crisis Protocol, Shadows of Brimstone, all those companies, even uh, Dark Sword with their dragons have just been keeping me super, super busy with box art. And since January, that's like, uh, aside from doing sisters in between things, that's all I've done. And I can't talk about any of that stuff because none of it's released. Um, so at Adepticon, I'm like, okay, after this month, I should have the sisters done. So I told uh, Dallas and uh, my contact there, Tony, like, hey, you know, after, after, or May, just load me up, <laughs> load me up in May and June. And then July is always set aside for flying frog. So like, we're good. And then, so they're like, okay, cool. So, um, so I'm waiting for this email of just a million things to do. Um, and then unbeknownst to me, flying frog has some big stuff coming up and they're like, they called me the other night and they're like, Hey, we're going to load you up. <laughs> like, You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> So, be careful what you wish for right yes exactly so i'm just like awesome <laughs> just, i'm pretty sure those two companies are trying to kill me like there there there's a contest to see which one can put me down first but um again i can't really complain because it does help feed the family so you know it, it's good it's good it's just like wow <laughs> the dragons the dark sword dragons are gorgeous by the way well the, done dude those dragons uh okay so um uh, those dragons are freaking awesome. Like they go together so perfectly. It's like unbelievable. Like they spent a lot of time making sure that they fit like perfectly. In fact, to the point where um, uh, <clears throat> he sculpted it. So like when you put it together, a lot of times they, they overlap each other and you can't see the, you can't see the, the gap at all. Um, so I didn't have to, I didn't have to fill gaps on a lot of those dragons. Like, you know, Damn. there's certain areas where you got to, it's just mm -hmm. what it is. But, um, but there was a lot of spots that's very cleverly done and they fit together so good. Like you could almost just fit them together and not glue them, you know? I mean, obviously you want to glue them. Glue them, right. Um, and, Did you, and, um, were they resin or metal? They're resin. They're resin, they're not metal. Okay. Yeah. Even God, better. I hate metal dragons. They're just too heavy. Um, but Andy Piper did like an unbelievable job. And when, when Jim contacted me about it, he's like, Hey, I'm doing like a dozen or 10 dragons, you know, for my 20th anniversary. Um, do you want to paint them? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he sends me a picture of one dragon and I'm like, Oh my gosh, is it going to be one dragon painted 10 different ways? Cause that's going to be super, super lame. Um, but that was not what they did. Every dragon has its own uh, character and like it has they all have different um scales they all have different kinds of wings um it's really amazing what he did um and andy andy's like i mean supposedly he just learned how to make dragons but he's doing a pretty good job at it like it's those are his first 
Yeah, and for our listeners, if you want to see some just absolutely stunning painted dragons, go to the Dark Sword Miniatures page because uh, Aaron's pieces were up there. I saw them originally when uh, Jim had put them out on Facebook. I was like, God damn, those! I love the blue one. Yeah, the, the no, blue I, one's my favorite. So I think there's still like a bunch coming because <laughs> he's releasing like two a month or something. Um, so and then he's been he's been uh, hinting at the fact that he might have two more to do later this year or something. Um, he said something about that on his Facebook page too. So, but I haven't heard anything. So who knows? You know, it is what it is. Right now, I'm just like, you know, I'm good not painting a dragon for a few more months. <laughs> I did all of those dragons in two months. Like a two, like I did five before Reapercon and five when I got home. And oh wow! I was like, that was a lot of dragons. Like dragons. I mean, those aren't. They're not the biggest dragons ever. Like they're more appropriately scaled for like a D and D game or something. But they're still a lot of real estate to cover, you know, so <laughs> they take time, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, no, they, I mean, I painting, I painted a dragon for a friend as a present for their, uh, beating chemo and it, it took so long to paint. Yeah. The, the hardest part is like on box art, you can't really get away with, like, I would have dry brushed the crap out of those dragons if I was, and they would have looked great, you know? But you can't do that for box art, so you really are like, okay, well, here we go. Highlight all the all the scales by hand, you know. Um, <laughs> but I, I I did enjoy doing those. Jim kind of wanted he's like, you know, make them look like a Lovejoy paint job, lots of colors and everything, um, which usually means don't do that, you know. Um, so I was kind of scared, but I did like the first the first couple of them, and I showed him pictures, and he's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like even more colors, great, you know. So. It was kind of fun, like, you know, like that green dragon, I have a lot of oranges like in it. And I probably would have never done that if I hadn't painted the Incredible Hulk with a lot of orange in it. Um, that was kind of a, a, I don't know, a test model or it was my model. So it didn't really matter. You can always play with your own models more so than a customer's models. But, um, but you know, I never would have thought green and orange would have looked good together, but they do. So... <laughs> Well, and, and I apologize. It's the white dragon, but I thought it was a blue dragon when I saw it on Facebook. I did paint a blue dragon, so uh, yeah. I like, I, did they release that? I don't remember. But. No, no, no. Um, and it's the and that you did with it's beautiful whites, blues, and purples. Yeah, Lots of purples. Yeah, in like, that. that is the most colorful white dragon you'll ever like ever see. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that one that one was a lot of fun. That that was one of my favorites when it was done because you know you never know. It's like wow, that's a lot of white. <laughs> you know, like it's just it's all white you know um but in the end it, it it was pretty cool so it makes me think of the conversation dan we had about uh doing a moon knight figure right like how do you do a moon knight like moon knight's just you know white or there's a but uh awesome mr knight bust i saw but i'm like wow that's like white and gray you know <laughs> like how do, how do you really sell that in a context of a bust right um for sure but okay so the more dark sword dragons are coming which is awesome because those actually look really really nice uh, i wish jim would have a booth at a vendor booth at ReaperCon. um he'd probably sell out of everything there uh, yeah but, he probably would um i think he's just happy with his web sales quite honestly this works good he's getting residual checks from a song of ice and fire so you know he's like hey things are cool um 
And I think also when he goes to these cons now, he just likes to hang out at the con. So I have an undergraded authority that he will be there next year at ReaperCon. So um, that that should be cool because it's nice. an adventure. Me and him and I got into a lot of trouble every year at ReaperCon. Um, uh, I blame Jim. He's definitely the instigator of it all. But uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. I have yet to meet him. So he hasn't been at the two that I've been at. Yeah, yeah, he he didn't go to those ones, but but so supposedly he told me he's definitely going to this year. So, and that'll do it for part one of our interview with Aaron Lovejoy for Miniature Monthly. Thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us. Uh, it was a fascinating yet bloody conversation. Uh, really enjoyed it, and look forward to putting out part two. You can follow Aaron at Miniature Monthly on Facebook or on Instagram as well as the Art of Lovejoy on Instagram. So thank you again so much uh, for your time and telling of, and sharing your hobby journey with us. We'd also like to take a moment to thank our patrons. So Lee, Andrew, Michael, Colin, Carolyn, Cannibal Noises, Dan, Raggy Paints, or Raggedy Pants, Christopher, and Nick. Thank you all so much for being a part of our Patreon, I know a couple of you have dropped off, but we still appreciate the support that you have given us. It'll make it so much easier down the road for us to do sponsorships, different painting competitions. Again, thank you so much for your time. You can like, subscribe, or follow wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could leave us a, a good review, we would greatly appreciate it. And also spread the word about the podcast. That is also uh, an amazing thing you to do. you could do. Our listeners, you are just absolutely the best uh, that anybody could ask for. You could also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Listening to Paint Dry, as well as send us an email at listeningtopaintdry at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Part two of this will be out Friday, May 12th. And uh, again, thank you so much to Aaron Lovejoy for joining us. And no matter how much damage you do to yourself, remember it's all in the name of becoming a better, braver, happier painter. Until next time. But for the love of God, be careful out there. Tools can hurt you. Listening to Paint Dry with Mike and Dan is a production of LTPTWMD. All rights reserved. No portion of this recording may be used without the express written consent of the host. The music is Death by a Thousand Questions by Springtide. Downloaded from the free music archive on a non-commercial attribution share alike basis. All views and opinions expressed in the show are solely the views and opinions of the person who said them. All celebrity voices, if any, were impersonated and done so poorly.